They're back on the Football Outside the Box podcast, where we discuss the past, the present, and the future of football. This weekend, we're going to start with a late kickoff on Saturday. We have Tottenham, a.k.a. Spuds, taking on Everton at Shite Heart Lane. <laughs> nah, nah, joke. But they are at home against Everton and Richardson back to face his former club. Who's going to be more upset after this one? Is Richardson going to be regretting the move and wishing he stayed at Everton? Or is Everton going to prove to him and show him, hey, don't don't be disrespecting us. We're 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 big here. You should have stayed. I mean, I don't think even if Tottenham lose here, I don't think Richarlison will be regretting the move. He he's he's famously cried with his parents after scoring a brace in the Champions League, and Everton are never making it to the Champions League. At least in his during his career, professional career, that is. So. No matter what the result comes out to be, I I I, I doubt Richarlison is regretting his move. It's not like Richarlison was had a bad ending with Everton. You know, he I I think he gave it his all to the club. He was a top goal scorer last season as well. And I mean, I don't know, I don't know much about Everton fans, but I don't think they have any ill feeling towards Richarlison. So, and- no, I mean, I wasn't necessarily asking in the sense of. Who, if he's going to actually regret it. I really just mean, I feel like when you're going up against your old team, there's always that sort of edge to the match where you feel like, okay, if you if you win, you kind of make a statement to say, hey, fuck you kind of thing. And it goes both ways. Yeah, I know. I know. I know what you mean, I guess. It's just, I would consider that, I'll take that more into consideration if, it was a way if they were going to the Goodison, but seeing as Everton are coming to Tottenham, Everton, you mentioned last week, surprisingly were had the best defense on paper, statistics wise. They were the least, they were the team that conceded the least amount of goals. I didn't when when they played against us, I didn't really feel that their defense was very organized. And I know the goals came from mistakes, but I never got the feeling that that stat was actually real, that they were the least. You can you can be the least. You can have the least amount of goals conceded. That doesn't necessarily mean you have the best defense in the league. And that's what I felt from watching Everton. Calvert-Lewin's injury, he, he, was, he came back against us last week. I, I doubt he'll be fit enough to start this fixture and we have to remember Tottenham played a big Champions League game midweek they got away with a 3-2 win it could have been a disaster at the end I think if Richarlison is pretty fired up he seems pretty fired up I'm gonna go for a Tottenham win here starting with the Tottenham side I'm assuming the fact that you mentioned Richarlison a few times he's one key player you'd look out for who are some other key players that you think are going to play a big role in this one? On Tottenham side, I mean, need I say more than his partners, Kane and Son? Son scored two goals. So we mentioned he's he's getting back in form. Kane has also scored in the Champions League as well. Kane's scored 
a lot of goals as well. I I, I don't know if Kulusevski is going to be fit enough. Even if he is, I feel like Richarlison will start over him in this game. So that front three, I don't think Everton have much of a chance here. And we saw last season what they tried to do at Tottenham. They tried to go toe-to-toe, -to -toe and they got ratted out 5-0. And we were here criticizing his Lampard's decision. Why go toe-to-toe -to -toe against Tottenham? So we'll see if Lampard changes something. Because they did sit pretty deep. pretty. They let go of trying to build up from the back against us. And that was at home. So, And like, they dropped a little too deep. So going to have to find that right balance. But we'll see if Lampard can actually strike that right balance away at Tottenham. Other than on the good side for Tottenham, do you feel like there's any key players who you're looking out on the negative end? Maybe if they make a mistake or kind of don't live up to the standards and they're seen as a weak link in the match? Yeah, I want to point out to the fullbacks. I know Emerson's not going to be able to play because of his suspension and Sessegnon is filling in. Probably. I don't know if Matt Doherty is going to start. But fullbacks are going to be something that I'm going to watch out for because we know Tottenham are going to be susceptible down the flanks. And we know who Everton have down the flanks. Demare Gray. He didn't do much against us, but he can always create something out of nothing. Another major winger, the new number 10, Anthony Gordon, suspended for this one. Do you feel like that's going to play a big factor? Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big miss, I think, for Everton. Who else on Everton are you looking out? Positive, negative? Who are some key players that you'd like the viewers to keep an eye out for? I want to say the midfield again. I, I mentioned in the review that I felt that Onana and Idris Aganagay struggled. I think both came from the French League. I know Aganagay came from the PSG. I don't know exactly where Onana came from. But they was Lille. Yeah, right. So they're both from the French League. Not nothing against the French League, but they, they both seemed a little too lackadaisical at times in, in possession. So I think they're gonna really have to step up. Because like I said, the two goals that we scored came directly from those mistakes, from their mistakes. So I, I would like to see a better and improved performance from them because they they all have great energy, right? Even it will be in there. So I think their ability on the ball, if they can actually create something, uh, it, it will be crucial, I think. Yeah, you just mentioned there, Alex Iwobi. Looking like he might sign a new contract with Everton. Obviously a former Arsenal player going up against North London rivals. Do you feel like that's going to be some added incentive for Iwobi, the contract and against former rivals? You think that he may be fired up? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I know he came from the youth at Arsenal. He came from the ranks. So, I, I don't know how much of an Arsenal fan he is. But I'm sure that has to be playing some factor in his in his form at the moment. Yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting one for sure. Looking forward to that final game on Saturday. Probably the most the most highlighted fixture on Saturday. Going into Sunday now, starting with 
Aston Villa at home to Chelsea. Chelsea look like they're picking up a bit of form under Graham Potter. How do you feel? Does this continue against Villa? Yeah, Chelsea, you mentioned they're actually getting good results in a row. 3-0, 3-0, and then 2-0 at Milan. I know Milan, they had a red card, but they made Milan look like a, a championship side, even. I know Aston Villa have been... They haven't been winning, but they've been tying and drawing a lot of matches. And it, it's really just one result that can flip the switch. And a game against Chelsea at home, we know how the atmosphere can be at Villa Park. And, and we saw that against City. So I think if Aston Villa somehow managed to get a result here against Chelsea, and Chelsea, remember, Reese James hurt himself. So he's probably out for this game. And we know how Chelsea tend to struggle without Reese James. So, and even Steven Gerrard said it himself, they're very close to turning those draws into wins. And I feel that this just might be the moment. I don't know. I don't know if you agree with me with that on that. I personally don't agree. I feel like Chelsea are going to win this one comfortably and see out the game. But so let me get this straight then. So you are predicting here an upset, whether that's in the form of a draw or a Villa win. I I think so because Steven Gerrard has already promised to make some changes. They've struggled to score, but defensively they're I think they're okay. And Leon Bailey is uh, is he going to be fit? It's going to be key as well. But good news that they get their left back back in in the name of Luca Digne. So I don't know if I would go about to that extent to say they might get an upset here. It's tough because Chelsea are have four wins on the bounce. So it's very hard for me to predict that they're going to actually be upset at Villa. But with, without Reese James, I feel there's a chance, yeah. And I think... On that note of Reese James on that right side, I think if there is an upset, the player to be looking at on the Villa side to me is Felipe Coutinho. I think if something happens, it's going to come from him. I mean, this guy hasn't... It seems like this guy's here for his final payday. Ever since his loan was ended and he was signed on a permanent basis, just hasn't had the same impact. But maybe... This is the game that changes everything. Well, we know the quality is there. We know he can take a rabbit out of the hat. So those types of things are things that can, as you said, flip the switch and kind of unlock a new gear for a team that are struggling from a results perspective. But let's see if Villa can manage to upset Chelsea in that one. Kicking off at the same time, we have Arsenal traveling to Leeds. Going to Ellen Road. Can Arsenal maintain this excellent form? Can they? I think they could. Leeds are Leeds have cooled down their hot start, as we mentioned. The question is for you. Do you think they will? Well, on the basis of what Arsenal have done there's a good chance they will. But if you look at the away games, they've really only dominated the teams that are 
pre-sacking Scott Parker Bournemouth, who were atrocious, and Brentford. Brentford, I, I guess people think they're a tough team, but I personally don't view them as a tough team. I Maybe that's just my biased opinion. I don't know, but... Bro, they beat and, your 4-0. What are you talking about? <laughs> that doesn't mean that they're a good side. You can get thrashed by a trash side. I don't think they're a good side at all. And the away game against Palace, they were pinned back. So maybe away from home, they still struggle. I don't know. But I, I just feel that Leeds have cooled down a little bit from their hot start. And Jesse Marsh would probably be ruining the the postponements. You know, they he couldn't carry on the momentum. And they had to pretty much go on a hiatus for a month. So, and I think that's pretty much what confirmed the, the end of the hot start for Leeds. Yeah, it'll be foolish for me to not predict an Arsenal win here. But I think I would like to see how they perform instead of scraping away wins if, if they can actually dominate the team. They did dominate Leeds last season. It was around Christmas. That was the only game that was played that week, if you remember, because of um COVID. But that that's a different Leeds. New manager, new players, a lot of new players. We're talking about Arsenal's away run, going back to that. You could say maybe it wasn't as dominant of a performance as it was at the Emirates. But on the flip, we've only conceded in one away match so far. And that was against you. Other than that, it's been clean sheets. So you could argue and say Arsenal have been solid away from home. Yep. And that's oftentimes all you need away from home. You need to be solid. You, you don't want to concede. At home, I know Arsenal have conceded in every game, but at home, you have your, your fans, the atmosphere. It's easier for you to come back into the game, even if you do concede. But away from home, when you get the, especially at Leeds, when you get the away fans, or sorry, when you get the fans, the home fans rocking, getting going, it, it gets tough. So, and that is why for, for us, for my team, I would like to see how how we react when we concede first. And we we reacted well going down 1-0 against Everton last weekend. And maybe that is something that I would, I would want to watch out for on in this Arsenal side. Speaking of how you reacted last weekend, I want to hear your reaction to how you think you guys are going to perform at the same time as the Arsenal-Chelsea match going up against Newcastle at Old Trafford. A rejuvenated Newcastle side on the rise. Do they triumph against you? Or do you show them that the old-timers know how it's done? Old-timers as in, you know, the old success of Man United. <laughs> Well, they haven't finished above us in forever. So old-timers could apply to them at any point. Newcastle, yeah. Against Fulham, they were they were helped by a red card. An early red card. Just came away with a 4-1 victory. Brentford, a team that I don't rate. <laughs> I know, I sound like a broken record. 
But they did thrash them 5-1 at home. I think good news for us. It doesn't seem as though Isaac will be playing due to his injury suffered last month. But Callum Wilson's not a not a bad striker either. I think they've been uh I think they've been rolling up the same side pretty much every game this season, at least in, in recent times. And we saw how they played against Liverpool. They were very solid, very organized. A bit of time wasting, of course. And that only was enabled because Isak scored first. And we cannot let them score first because we still... I don't know if it's a issue with patience. I don't know if it's still players needing to gel. But we cannot go down 1-0 because... We cannot. I don't think we can break down a Newcastle side if they're going to be that deep, that pinned back, that organized, and you have to beat Nick Pope after all that. And Liverpool needed two plus minutes of extra time on top of extra time to beat Liverpool. Sorry, to beat Newcastle. It's going to be a tough game. I'm not looking forward to it because I know how it's going to go. And this is not the type of game that we thrive under. And we barely scraped a win in the Europa League, too. That one is a bit of a different story. We created a bunch of chances, just couldn't finish. But who's to say that's not going to happen against Nick Pope? He's he's a great Premier League-proven keeper. He's great on one-on-ones as well. Speaking of finishing, marquee signing Anthony has come in now to the Man United squad and has scored three goals in three matches. I know a lot of people at first were saying that his flair, his skill is unquestionable, but will he match from a productivity standpoint? And so far, he's been living up to that. Do you think that that continues here, or can Newcastle hold him out and say, no, this is the first match you're going to not score in? Well, at some point, he's going to stop scoring. Is this the match, though? I would like to think that he has a better chance up against Dan Byrne. His flair, his speed, his quickness up against Dan Byrne. I would fancy Anthony every day of the week. But I mean, but maybe they don't go with Dan Byrne there. But I don't see them changing it too much just because it, it's they've had great success recently. So you have Anthony scoring in this match? Sure, <laughs> sure. You guys let us know in the comments what you think. Do you think Anthony is going to continue his scoring streak against Newcastle or does it end on Sunday? And now, moving on to the big boy this weekend, it is Liverpool in the big boy match again, two weekends in a row. Except this time it's against Slightly less in second place. You know, last week they played against first place. You know, it's different. This time they're going up against second place Manchester City. Well, actually, last week they played against second place Arsenal as well. Well, in terms of City, Because City scored first. No, 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 no. Game week, though. We're looking at game week standings only. And this game week, 
will tell you that Arsenal is first in the league, and Manchester City are currently second, and Liverpool are tenth. So we have tenth versus second right now at Anfield. A team, or I should say, two teams that I would say the majority of Premier League fans thought would be the two teams challenging for the Premier League title this season. And it is quickly looking like this is not going to be the case. Can Liverpool bounce back against City? We saw in the Champions League that they definitely made a huge statement with a thorough victory. And even Jurgen Klopp said that the whole camp feels different now. The whole vibe, the whole energy, everybody's pumped. For once, I'm actually hoping Liverpool beat City here. I would like to just tone it down and say it's only Rangers scoring seven, Salah scoring a hat-trick in, what, six and a half minutes? It might be... I mean, they beat Bournemouth 9-0. And what, what did they follow up with the week after? They scraped with the help of the referee with a 2-1 victory over Newcastle. I, I, this is them this season. They can pounce on a bad opponent. Bournemouth were bad. I don't think Rangers are that good of a side. They're the bottom of the group. But when it, when they go up against a, a quality side, I, it doesn't seem like they have it this season. But I believe in this thing where each manager has, no matter how good of a bad manager or how bad of a manager you are, each manager's going to somewhat have, what's the word, like a polar opposite of them. I don't want to say a polar opposite because that means they're totally different managers. But some managers, like for example, Arteta, even when he was struggling, he would always beat Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, even when he was struggling, he would somehow, a lot of times, beat Pep. And we're not sitting here saying, or I, I should say, not many people are going to sit here and say Solskjaer is a better manager than Pep. Maybe, maybe nobody will say that. But there's that combination of managers that kind of the form goes out of the window. It all just comes down to their matchup. And it seems like Jurgen Klopp is that for Pep Guardiola. So I have a feeling that Liverpool are somehow going to pull a rabbit out of the hat and get a result here just because of how well Jurgen Klopp has fared against Pep when the games actually mattered. Famously in the Champions Leagues, you know, we, we saw them thrash City. In the leagues, I know City beat them like 4-0 a few times with one time was after Liverpool had already won the league, so it, who cares? I think there's a great chance that Liverpool get a result here. What are your key areas on either side in terms of this matchup? Like, what part of the matchup are you suggesting is the one that Pep is struggling with against Klopp? I mean, I don't know because Pep, City usually dominate the games. I don't want to say dominate, but City are not being dominated by Liverpool. They create numerous chances. If you go back to last season in April, their matchup, Rian Mahrez with a golden chance to score and win the game 3-2. He just misses it. 
and maybe that's what what's missing and even um kind of similar tone but even going against tottenham city somehow always seem to lose to tottenham and that's because they generate numerous chances and they just can't finish it and it, it it keeps Tottenham in the game and it allows them to play the way they want to play so maybe with the addition of Haaland that changes if Haaland can actually put away Liverpool just like the way or I should say unlike the way City have always kept Liverpool in the game in, in the past few encounters maybe that just finishes Liverpool off I don't know but it's weird because City aren't necessarily underperforming against Liverpool. Right. So you think maybe it's a bit of a mentality type of thing where maybe back then City just didn't truly have that belief or that that kind of feeling inside that they were going to go out there and dominate Liverpool the same way that they go out and dominate the other teams in the league. Right. And overall, you see that throughout the season, you know, the city's dominance shows they've piped Liverpool to the title numerous times. Right? And that's due to City's strength and consistency and depth. But in a one off game like this, I still remember the 2017 2018 Champions League quarterfinals. Liverpool thrashed them 3 0 at home. And the next week, when Liverpool traveled to City the week after, City made a great start. Jesus scored five minutes after. And Liverpool, what did they do? They came back to win the game 2-1. That's, even for me, as a non-City or Liverpool fan, that's very much ingrained within me. And also, a lot of times, City were only being pushed by Liverpool. And only, only when they were being pushed by Liverpool did it push them to the max level. And even last season, they were dropping points. And they gave Liverpool a chance. And from that point on, they didn't drop, except for the game against Liverpool, they didn't drop any points. And two seasons ago, famously, both teams won the final 13, 14 games in a row. So maybe you're right. Maybe it is something within them that makes them, I don't want to say fear, but lacks belief going into the game against Liverpool. And even Pep Guardiola said it himself. Liverpool are the most annoying opponent that he's ever had in his career and if a manager like Pep is saying that about Liverpool I can only imagine what the players under him are thinking about Liverpool before we go into the quick fire very interesting so you know you mentioned about how Liverpool won 9-0 against Bournemouth I want to touch on that record a little bit so the record right now is 9-0 for the highest or the biggest defeat in a Premier League match. We've had several nines, but why have we never broken nine to reach that double digit of 10? Well, football is funny. This is not the only funny stat that we're going to have. Football is very funny. I don't know why it's 10. We beat Southampton 9-0 a couple of seasons ago. And we, I think we were at six, even late into the second half. I think like the 80th minute and we scored three in a quick fire fashion to get to nine and and the 10 never came. It's, it's funny. I I don't know. (laughs) Let's see if somebody's going to break it this season. That'll be interesting. 
moving into the quick fire round. Let's start with the first match, which is actually on Friday. Brentford taking on Brighton. We know your your second favorite team in Brentford. Yeah, my second least favorite team in in the league. They're going to get. They're not gonna get thrashed because Brighton can't finish their chances. But I don't. I think Brighton get a result here. Of course, Brighton have to have to win this one. At least in my opinion. Leicester finally got their first win of the season, hosting Crystal Palace. And went right back to losing against Bournemouth. Crystal Palace will beat Leicester with ease here. Fulham hosting Bournemouth. I'm sorry, just going back to the Leicester. I could be in goal and perform better than Danny Ward. And I don't think that's an understatement. This man hates Danny Ward, by the way. This is the first time you're hearing one Sox rant about Danny Ward. This guy hates Danny Ward. Well, we, we did mention it early this season when Leicester went to went to the Emirates. And we saw Danny Ward just gift Arsenal a goal to take away the momentum from Leicester. This guy should not be playing. But Fulham, Bournemouth... Wow, this game is now all of a sudden interesting. Two weeks ago, I would have said Fulham, without a doubt. But Mitrovic is out. That's a big factor for Fulham. And Bournemouth are... I don't think anybody would have seen this coming. Bournemouth are somehow above Liverpool and above Fulham. But in this game, I'm going to go for a draw. Always. It seems like these promoted teams, they battle it out and it benefits nobody. Wolves, Nottingham Forest. One team that's struggling to score, the other team that is not struggling to let in goals. I think it's time Wolves finally break their scoring woes. Wolves win here. But yeah, that'll be it for today. Thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. Really appreciate your support. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Apple Music, Spotify, hit the subscribe button. Make sure to download the episode and share it with a friend. One of your friends that like football, put it in our football group chat. And don't forget to turn on those notifications so you guys don't miss any episodes and you stay up to date. And as well, the link to our Facebook page is in the description and the bio. So go get clicking, join our discussion, like our page, and share our page. Let's get some good football discussion going. And let's get the chat on. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in as always. And peace out.